All right, here we go. I am so excited to be talking with Jenny Bond. Jenny <laughs> has her thousand hours outside shirt on, which is I- the sweetest. <laughs> so cute. I love that. And you have such a unique situation because of your career path. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family and sure. where you're from? Okay, so I am, I'm Jenny. Hi, everybody. And I am, um, I have a child named Zachary. He's seven years old. He just turned seven and a husband named Nate. Uh, Nate's a pro disc golfer and um, also Wait, what? <laughs> so he's older, so he's not like a touring professional or anything, but he's a he's disc golfer. So Charlotte's a great place for disc golf. So we will have gone outside with him. We kind of go, we hike along and he'll play disc golf and we'll hike. So that's wow. a really cool thing that he loves to do. He also loves to teach, just started bowling, which he loves to do. Mm-hmm. And um, so then there's me and I love hiking. I used to run. I don't really run anymore because of some birth stuff that happened, but I love, I've always just loved being outside. And then we have a little seven-year-old Zachary he loves to be outside too. And part of like 1000 hours has really helped me like encourage him to be outside. And now he goes and does it himself, which I, he's like, I just got to go outside, mom. I'm like, Oh, thanks. Go for it. So we all live, we live in Indian trail, which is about 30 to 40, like 30 minutes South of Charlotte. And then I work at Wingate university, which is about an hour South of Charlotte. And we have a lot of um, really beautiful nature preserves around here. So basically within about 30 to 45 minutes, you've got a really nice place to hike, go spend time outside, which has really been wonderful. Oh, we have a dog named Carrie. He is a Labrador. He's about 80 pounds. He's, you know, this big old guy. Uh-huh. Um, am I answering your questions? I think I am. <laughs> you yeah. sure are. Okay. There's a couple really unique things we're going to talk about. Yes. We're going to talk okay. about your college experience and this degree you have and what you're doing with your students. I would love to know what options are out there for degrees and types of things. We're talking about pelvic floor dysfunction, which we've never talked about before on the show. Let's start with your day to day. You work full time. Your husband works full time. Mm -hmm. Your son goes to public school. And you are having to, as Ainsley Arment says, you are having to relentlessly defend your family culture. Yes, we do that. That's very true. So so I work full time. I'm a professor in exercise science. And so I work with, um, I teach mainly like sophomores, juniors and seniors, right? So that Mm -hmm. kind of age group, like 19 to 22, we have like 26, 27 year olds um, and older students that are older than that as well. And I'm in exercise science, which is a very active field. And I'm a very active person. And then, yeah, my husband works full time too. And we work like, we are both up at like four in the morning. He leaves to work by like 4.30. I'm then getting Zachary to school, off to school by like 7.45, usually eight, drop him <laughs> off. And then I come over here to work and I, you know, teach my class in the morning. And then I work and I work, work, work. And then around 2.15, I leave and I go snatch him up from school. And then I bring them home and we've done, you know, we've done some sports, like some soccer and some baseball. Uh, we're doing Boy Scouts right now. So we have things to do in the like, afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then we also like on the week. So like day to day, that's kind of a day, like wake up, everybody's up. I'm, um, you know, do whatever we can try to get outside for a little bit of, I get myself outside for my little bit of morning sunshine that I learned about on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, trying to get Zachary out for walks early in the morning. Um, but then one day it was like 545 and he's sitting at the breakfast table like eating his breakfast and he's like starts to cry I'm like what's wrong he's like my cheeks are too tired to chew so he's about to getting enough sleep so right, I was right. like oh let's switch this a little bit I'll go yeah. outside you just relax and eat your breakfast <laughs> so then you know we go to school he's at school I'm I'm at work and then we come home and then we gotta try to get that outside time in mm-hmm. during the week and then the weekends we definitely go hiking or just like you know play outside go back in the backyard we have this backyard it's not huge, but it's a decent size and it's filled with like all kinds of toys and, you know, oh, it's not nice. It's not, it's very nice, but it's not tidy at all. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I've found there's all kinds of things that it's really fine. I'm sure all the working and parents who work in and out of the home find this, like there's all these things that come in to get your time. Like there's this, there's like, there'd be like a meeting from like three 30 to five that you have to go to. Right. right? And you're like, Oh, but I was going to go for like a hike this day or, you know, the, right. the, the kind of like the kind of norm culture where it's like, you know, you're going to work nine to five every day and then get home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to sleep. And well, if you're trying to, get that outside time or even get that family time that that makes it really difficult so we have to make a lot of decisions like I've you know I've been fortunate to be able to kind of move my work schedule around a bit so I can leave in the afternoons to get Zachary and then but sometimes it'll it won't be for a hike most of the time is we're going to go home and I'm going to take my computer outside and I have like a little podium and I'll work on my computer and wow. we just we have to go play outside Zachary it's what we're going to do now and a lot of times wow, we watch Jenny. sometimes we watch TV and we'll do that. And then, you know, then we're back inside, we make some dinner, do all those things. And then, you know, off to bed at night. And yeah, it's um a little stressful sometimes to do that, but it's, it's, it's genuinely, it's been so like listening to your podcast and trying to, trying to do the challenge and trying to like kind of log the log hours sometimes, and sometimes just kind of going with the flow, mm-hmm. you know, kind of learning all the, like the, knowing how good it is to be outside and how important it is for Zachary to be outside and, and for us too as grownups. Like that has really helped me to say, you know, like he was homesick yesterday, had like a little flu sick. We thought it was just an upset time. He turned out to be the flu. So I brought him to work with me in the morning and I taught him he kind of hung out. And then we went home and he wants lunch and I want lunch. And it's like, okay, well, the norm would have been just to, well, let's make lunch at the table, eat your lunch and you can watch him TV while I work, right? And that's mm-hmm. how we're going to get through the day. But instead I was like, well, let's go have a picnic outside. And we already had our lunches packed. So we, it was not a fancy picnic. We don't have a nice picnic blanket or table. We brought like our little cheap beach chairs into the porch and just walked our food out and like protected it from the dog. And he's chewed up all the lawn furniture and it's messy and whatever. And we're like, you know, kind of keeping him away. He's trying to steal the food. He's like chasing a lizard. So we ate our lunch outside. And then I had my computer and we just brought, Zach has this little like whiteboard that he loves to draw on inside. I said, well, let's just bring that outside. And you can draw outside. And we were out there for like two and a half or three hours just wow, Jenny. doing what we would have done. In, and I would have never thought to do that until like listening to the podcast and how people are just creative and find all these different ways to mm-hmm. kind of squeeze that outside time in when you normally wouldn't maybe do that. And like then this morning, you know, I took my, I had a little time in the morning. So like I just went outside my computer and did like 20 minutes of like grading or emails or something out mm-hmm. instead of in. So it's like mm-hmm. just trying to take those inside things outside. And, you know, sometimes you know, other like parents or like relatives be like, well, it's really cold. So we can't go outside, but it's only 50 degrees or it's only 40 degrees. So let's go outside. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Zachary doesn't want to wear his pants. That's fine. He doesn't, maybe he'll wear the <laughs> pants. Well, we're going to go out and we're going to kind of see what happens. So I may be rambling, but no, I, think I mean, I think this is it. It's like life is full yeah. and chaotic and frenzied mm-hmm. and there's so many parts of our time that we cannot control. It's just, that's yes. just how life is. You've got these obligations and jobs and things like that. And so right. what you're doing is you're making it work within mm-hmm. that framework. And I think that's so encouraging. And even you had talked about, there's a lot of pressure for the tablets because he's mm-hmm. seven, you know, so yes. how are you dealing with tablets and homework? I know everybody keeps trying to give them and it's bless, bless everyone's heart because like, oh, he wants, like we can play these cool games. Like his grandma, both of his grandmas have tablets. He wants to play games on. So uh, somebody has a tablet at home. Does Zachary want a tablet or does do you want this or that? And like, we have this little Christmas list we share. And I'm always like, please no tablets or video <laughs> games or anything. Like, just don't because this, I know that the second they're in the house, I will never get them away. And when COVID started, he was home and I got him a tablet and he didn't really use it. And I couldn't figure out how to unlock the, it had some kind of like child security I put on it. I couldn't mm-hmm. get past it. And I couldn't figure out how to 
how to use it. So I just like hit it and I never used it again. It's like dusty somewhere. I know they use computers at school. Like they have their testing at school and that it is what it is. When we go to visit like grandparents, you can play. I set the timer, like you can play for 20 minutes on that game. And I set the timer and he plays the little game with his grandmas and it's still like, it's interactive. But mm-hmm. the timer goes off and then we just say, okay, that's it. And he's, you know, he doesn't want to put it down, but he does because he's seven and he can, he still can listen. Yeah. And we've been able to, we do have, like we watch TV in our house. That's definitely a thing that we do, mm-hmm. but we've been able to avoid him using any kind of a tablet or a phone, or we don't have video games. And we're like really holding, because I know that like yeah. that's the tipping point. Well, that's the relentless. Right that's the relentlessly yeah. defend. That's what you're yeah. doing. You're defending yeah. your family culture. And that's sort of what we have to do because I loved your wording. You said everyone, and it was capitalized. <laughs> everyone keeps trying to give video games and these things. So I people know. are, you know, we're just sort of being bombarded with it. Well-intentioned. I don't yeah. think, I think of people course. are loving, oh, we should get him. He likes mine. I'm going to get him one or that type of yeah. thing. And so that's what you're doing is you are defending and you're defending every time you take your work outside instead of keeping it in Inside, you're defending your family culture. And I think those yeah. are excellent ideas and so inspiring and will help people to understand how can I work this into my really busy life yeah. that you have. And so I'm going to transition then to this topic that is not ever come up, but let, we're talking about it because people are going to want to know how to deal with it. So you had said you were talking about micro adventures. People loved Alistair Humphreys, micro adventures yeah. and hiking was a big part for you early mm-hmm. on. You liked hike and run and pelvic floor dysfunction is something yeah. that a a lot of moms deal with hmm, so many so give us help help us what do we do sure okay so i will so i'm not an expert in this i'm doing my very best to learn about it though i actually just enrolled in a little like five hour online course about pelvic floor and diastasis recti which is where the, the abdominal muscles separate i'm kind of starting my learning with that and i'm also kind of working on getting that into my curriculum here because like just yeah. In case nobody knows what this is, it makes sense because so I have a degree in exercise science. I have a PhD in like exercise science wow. plus. Like there's the degree. I love right, it. It's there. Yep. And I had, did not even know what the pelvic floor was like until I had a baby. Like I didn't know what myself and I should know all the muscles. I teach anatomy and I didn't know what was about to happen. So, you know, Zachary is a normal sized child. He's tall and thin and everything, but he has this kind of like big head, right? So when I was, I, we, I gave birth of and vaginally, so no C-section, although I could have used one, I think, um, he kind of got stuck and it had to use forceps like with so many people. And at one point I, I looked down, I'm there, you know, having the baby and I looked down and I see my OB who's like, you know, a small lady, she's got her foot up on the table and she's, she's pulling with like all her might to get this baby up. And I'm like, that is not what you, you just don't want to see that. I need just don't want to see that. So fast forward to about six months later, you know, I, I used to run and I like did like marathons and half marathons and all this like really cool, fun stuff. And all my, like a couple of my runner friends were having babies at the same time I was, or a few months before, a couple months later. And, you know, and I had three good friends. They were all runners and they were all like, Oh, I'm going for my first run today. Like six weeks after pregnancy, going for my run or yeah. I'm training for this or I'm training for that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And I still was, I was still feeling pretty bad, right? Like I was having like bowel issues and I was peeing a lot and just, I felt like, you know, there's like, just like, sling that was like moving way down mm. when it was supposed to I'd never even noticed it before 
So I, I kind of go back, I go out for a run, I come back, and I'm feeling like very uncomfortable in my body. And so I, mm. I can feel like things are kind of like coming out that should not be coming out. And I, so I'm like, that's bad. So I go to the doctor and they send me to a consult and it turns out I have all kinds of prolapse, which you're really risk for when you have um, like a, a large, like any kind of vaginal delivery, but especially forceps and other, yeah. uh, there's lots of other things that put you at risk for that. Um, but basically what had happened is that my pelvic floor muscles, so there's the muscles that they sit like kind of in the bowl of your pelvis, they hold up your internal organs, like your bladder, your uterus, wow. like those are not held up by bones, they're held up by muscles and muscles get damaged, just like anything yeah. else can get damaged. And those muscles had been basically just really stretched out for lack of a better term and had never recovered. I didn't go to PT right after birth, although I, if I had known then what I know now, I definitely would have. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, I tried to get back to running and I just couldn't. I went to a public mm. floor physical therapist that was like six years ago and helped me with urinary incontinence. So I wasn't peeing on myself anymore. That was good. <laughs> but as yeah. far as like the kind of, I was still having GI symptoms and every time I would try to start running, I'd start having these symptoms. So I'd start, we started hiking with Zachary and you know, little like two-year-old hiking. He's little. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going slow. The dog's kind of floating around. So that all was working like really, really well. And we kind of kept hiking and, and always, always pretty good, but I've always still had discomfort, always had GI issues. So he kind of, I'll kind of fast forward to today. I actually, I, I found out that I may need some surgery. I mean, have some surgery and I'm, st I have a new pelvic floor physical therapist that I work with. And kind of part of kind of managing that pelvis floor dysfunction is if you if you think something is wrong, it was probably wrong, right? If, yeah. if I had known kind of early on, I would have gotten myself to a PT and to the surgical consult early, but I didn't. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high-quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness, so you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chop's hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code outside120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com outside120 code outside 120. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. 
Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com slash outside for 15% off your first order. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. So, you know, you don't, which they don't send you. And that's, what's interesting. It's, they should send you like, they should know. Well, anytime you had to have a forceps delivery, probably had something to go get checked out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if, and it's, it's very hard because you can't, their, their muscles, just like every muscle, but Mm -hmm. my, um, my PTs, she's, she's like, so pelvic floor PTs are wonderful people because they have to be very up close and personal, right? It's like when you go to pelvic floor PT, you know, they have to check out the muscles inside of your body, which is, it's weird at first, but it's really really worth it so mm-hmm. if anybody out there is you know like I feel like something's wrong like I can't do what I used to do or I'm peeing a lot or I'm having trouble going to the bathroom or mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of like stomach pain like all the all that's related to the pelvic floor and wow. there's don't um like search out your answers on the don't let the, the doctor google tell you what to do right go to an actual yeah. like you can go to your OB get a PT referral and kind of find out kind of every, everybody's going to have mm-hmm. a little something going on. But if you feel like something is wrong, something's probably wrong. Number one. And there are mm-hmm. lots of people, there are lots of different levels and lots of, lots of things PTs can do to help you. Um, but for me also kind of accepting that was going on and then allowing myself to change what we were doing a little bit, because I knew yeah. that if I, you know, at one point I was doing like five mile hikes with Zachary, he's like four or five. I'm like, we're like up and down a mountain. I'm carrying like, you know, three liters of water and, everybody's gear and my dog's got extra food and my dog's pulling me around. Well, none of that is good for your pelvic floor. It's a lot of weight, a lot of trouble. So I had to kind of realize that what I was doing, it was just too much for my body. And that was, yeah. didn't mean I didn't want to get Zachary outside. It didn't mean I didn't love to hike. Like I loved it, but it meant that I had to kind of figure out some other, what are some other mm-hmm. ways that we can go outside? What are some other things? What are some things that I can do to adapt that hiking or adapt, adapt the things we're doing so that I can still do them or do some kind of version of them. So mm-hmm. I took a little break from, I just was like, well, I'm just going to stop hiking. I'm just going to stop doing it for a while. This is like a, a few months ago while I'm going with my PT, working on all this stuff. And we were like driving in the car and Zachary, who, you know, little kids, sometimes they'll kind of not want to go do what you want to do. So I was right. like, 
at one point we were hiking like every day after school and both times on the weekends and we're going to go, we're going to go, we're going to go. And he was like, I hate that. I don't want, you know, he's tired. He's bored. We're doing mm-hmm. the same thing every day. So, you know, we didn't stop spending time outside, but I stopped hiking for a while. And then one day, a couple, a few weeks ago, Zachary's like, you know, Mom, we never go hiking anymore. And I was like, oh, I was like, you know, I know we haven't gone for a while. I was like, do you want to go? He's like, yeah, I want to go. Aww. I was like, I know. And I was like, oh, well, I have to find a way. I have to figure out yeah. something. So I um, I started looking into like ultralight backpacking. So I'm not going backpacking, but ultralight backpackers, they do a lot of things to save on weight. So they use these yeah. like very inexpensive thin water bottles. So I started, I got these very thin water bottles. I got mm-hmm. Zachary a day pack and now he's going to carry, he, he has a little water bladder and he carries his own jack and his own snacks. And our dog now, I put a head halter on our dog so he can't pull me all over the place. And I found a hike that's like it's about two miles so we can go really slow and I found that and that's all been really successful so kind of going like kind of making you know he's like two miles that's not a big deal or one mile or half like that's Mm -hmm. not a big deal I should be able to do that but your body might be telling you something like really different so finding those kind of ways like number one finding a lot of ways that didn't involve hiking that thing I really loved but then also finding you know working with my PT of course she told me no what should I do what should I avoid and Mm -hmm. and then I kind of put my own little mind to work around okay well yeah yeah, I'm not an ultralight hiker obviously I'm not you know going out for days at a time but I still need things to be super lightweight so can I look at what they're doing and can I do it so now like I have these like the smart water bottles like you buy them at the store mm-hmm. right I just they reuse them so I've got all these yeah. little plastic bottles around my dates like can yeah. I throw this out like no we need to keep it now he knows he's like no she uses those for hiking now and I took my giant first aid kit and I slimmed it down to like exactly what we need and Zach carries some of his own stuff and that's been it has been successful I'm like very excited we were able to go last week and the week before and yeah so it's working wow. so you know? Jenny that's so inspiring yeah well there's so many barriers I think yeah. you've gone through it's so really many awesome. barriers to yeah. getting outside and making memories with our families barriers of time there's barriers mm-hmm. of physical barriers and so yeah. you're just making it work in the way that you can make it work And then you're affecting another generation because you take your college students outside. I do try to do that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So tell us just a little bit. We're going to run out of time, which is such a bummer. Ah, I went there. So, but real quick though, I think we, before we just hopped on to be official here, you were talking about these different kinds of degrees that people can get. And I think it's interesting for people to know what options are out there. And just real quick, like what you do, you get your kids outside, your students. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And so I teach exercise science, which is a degree that it's a four year degree. At least you can go to like physical therapy school with it or other types of like other professional schools. But you can also graduate and get a real like strength and conditioning or personal training or health and wellness. There's all kinds of doors that open for that. And then we also uh, within our school have a community commercial recreation program. And they that's a lot of like parks, recreation, yeah. uh, group programming, getting people outside. So I'm really in a nice environment for that with a lot of students and like in exercise science, for example. 50% of our students are athletes. They're under a lot of stress, but they're also very active. And in general, college students are under a lot of stress. Like they're under a lot of stress. We all are, right? But they really are. So across this different semesters, I've taken like different, because I'm like, well, if this is good for Zachary, who's seven, it's good for me, who's 44, 43 or whatever, 42, whatever age I was. Well, it's good for my students who are like 19, 20, 21, 22. And when you talk to them about it, like they love to hike, they love to go outside, but they, they don't have the time to do it. They're studying yeah. or they're in class or they're working or they're whatever. Yes. So 
there have been some semesters where I like give them the day off and your assignment is like go outside for 30 minutes. You don't have to work out there. Don't take your phone. When you get back in, tell me what you did. What did you see? How do you feel? And that's been like, I have loved doing that in the past. And this semester I started doing my office hours all outside. So no way. That's so cool. I wanted to show you, but in front of my building, we have these these wonderful picnic tables and this big tree, and it's like shady. It's shady in the summer. It's cold in the winter, but you know, we can wear coats. And so I'll just be out. I have like a little post-it on the outside of my door that says, if it's nice outside, look at the picnic tables or something like that. And, yeah. I, you know, I will just bring my computer out there and just we do advising. We do scheduling. I answer questions about all the off-star stuff, except it's outside yeah. versus inside. So, you know, maybe they only meet me for 15, 20 minutes, but they're outside for that time. Sometimes yeah. it's really cold. There are bugs falling on me and like acorns falling on us from the tree but it's just it's nice and I have like an hour two hours every day and I'll come back inside from that and then go to teach and I'm doing the exact same thing I would be at my desk but I'm outside and I feel so much better and I feel like they've got to feel that too you know we're gonna you can easily talk to me outside versus inside we can easily go outside to do this like activity demonstration assignment whatever so I try to find those, you know, last, like in years past, we've had projects going out, like kind of demonstrate exercise outside. This year, it's Mm -hmm. been like the, this semester's been the outside office hours. And I feel like they really like that. You know, I I think it's, we're in an active field, but even if I was in a less active field, you know, like everybody needs to go outside and you have kids that are kind of heading towards college. And I look at these students and they're not kids, but they're not fully, they're kind of in the middle and they're, Mm -hmm. you know, just trying to find ways to fit in the things that they need. So if we can, if we can do something. They're very busy. They're very busy. I I always say, I mean, I can't, like, as soon as you're done with your schooling, like they're doing schooling and work and and, work. Bu- and building relationships and sports and it is a lot it is it's more so than the, the average adult life has because really we have is. dropped yep. off that school piece and mm-hmm. so that's really neat that you're giving them these even if they're small these opportunities to get outside if they need mm-hmm. to meet with you they get to sit at the picnic table this has been so inspiring across the board for how to relentlessly defend your culture, your family culture, your school culture, you know, what you want to impart. And I think that people are going to get so much out of it. Jenny, I got to ask a favorite outdoor childhood memory. I should have been prepared. I knew you were going to ask this. Okay. So a favorite memory. uh, Wow. So this is where the pretty music, I love that music because it always always makes me cry. Um, So when I was little, I I loved, I always loved being outside. I, I always had lots of pets. I had like a pet rabbit and a dog and I loved animals. And one memory that is it's it's kind of it's a little funny but i think it's really sweet too so i had this rabbit named magic and he was little a little bunny and i was determined that magic would swim and we had this lovely there's like this little creek behind it. it was like this lake bed that had dried and turned into a creek and i had a little harness for him and a long little bunny leash and we'd go for like little bunny walks he would jump in the creek and swim around and i think about that little creek that was back there and it was it wasn't like a fancy park it wasn't any you know i have my we went to i went to i stayed at overnight camps and did all kinds of cool stuff but it was a real simple it was a lake that had you know dr- had been drained for a development and there was a creek back there and it had these huge rocks and it had like snakes and salamanders and i would just i just remember going back there and just spending time mm-hmm. back there like near the creek with my with my rabbit or or sometimes he was at home and and you know now when I take uh, Zachary on hikes, he always loves the creeks and he wants to go like Aww. play in the creek, spend time at the creek and look for crop crayfish and look for little animals. And 
every once in a while, I'm kind of like, let's come, let's go, let's go, let's go, Zachary, hurry up. But then I remember how much I loved it when I was little, and it kind of, it's just that lovely, yeah. that, that yeah, kind of nostalgia connection. Yeah. Oh, you are just delightful. Oh. This has been absolutely <laughs> delightful. Thank you so much. I, like I said, people are going to get so much out of it, and I am so glad that we've connected. No, hopefully we connect again soon. I know. I would love to. Well, thank you, Jenny. Thank you so much. It's been so nice to meet you. And this is so exciting. So, and yes. thanks for everyone for listening too. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jenny. Thanks for wearing your shirt. That was like the cutest oh, thing ever. I love it. I, thank you. <laughs>